Wait. Where are you? I'm, oh, there you go. I'm in North Carolina. Gabe, <laughs> uh, why do you look like uh, why do you look like you just got off a shift from McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> you look like you, you look like you're you like you're wearing the headset to talk to the people outside. <laughs> Welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order? Hey guys, it's Colby Hooth. And let me hear you scream. The summer camp director at Camp Choye. Camp Choye. Camp Choye. To try out the Aroma of Christ podcast. 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 Brand new banger. Banger. The Aroma of Christ. It's called Aroma of Christ. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Aroma of Christ podcast. So today I'm with my co-host Gay Manzilla and Dalton Rhodes, and today we have a guest. Who is Katie! It? <laughs> yeah. All right, what's up, Katie? What's up? Hello. <laughs> so, what have you been up to, Katie? What have I been up to? Um, I mean, still in school. I go to Trinity, which is not a Christian school. Where is, where is, oh, <laughs> so it has okay. no relation to the Holy Trinity. No, it does not. I It did 150 years ago. I don't know where in the What, they changed years, the meaning of it? I don't know where in the 150 years they said, let's just not live up to the name anymore. But uh, Mark and I were talking about, it is an extremely liberal progressive school, which it's, oh. it's humbling, you know, to say the least, very pruning for a Christian, lots of. A lot of people who come into our school uh, who grew up in church, you either like leave the church or become lukewarm or you're going to seminary. It's literally what either or either or either or. (laughs) Yeah. So wait. So where is where is Trinity at for for this North Carolinian? You can educate me. (laughs) It's in San Antonio. Wait, that's in Texas, I think. Is that in Texas? It is is in Texas. Yes. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) That's, that's Do you like, know where San Antonio is? Well, I I just told you where it was, so obviously, <laughs> obviously, I knew that. Gabe, Gabe, what did you do during spring break? I know you went to San Antonio. Uh, was yep. for a mission trip too? Yes, sir. I went on a mission trip from I would say Saturday to Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Mm, we went to a thing. Like a kids ministry, and basically what we had to do was just like knock on people's doors, and just tell them like, "Hey, we're having like this kids ministry thing at the park. If y'all want to come." And like a lot of kids went, small kids. I was like, so it was so <laughs> cute. And then like they did a play over. I forgot what the what the play was over, but it was over a story of the Bible. And like we dance, we like getting food and stuff, and it was cute because I remember that there was this girl, this girl, that she said that she it was her second year going in the mission trip, and that she saw a girl that she saw last year, mm-hmm. and basically she said that, um. Her her parents were basically abusive towards that one girl. And her being like the light, like the light 
in her life was just something that was like it was beautiful but at the same time it was like painful for her because mm-hmm. like she knew she was gonna only see her like one one day and like the the things that she remembered her for just one day like can you imagine like just how much the kid has to go through like just to remember one person that was mm-hmm. kind to her yeah and that that's that's the thing whenever it comes to children's ministry it's like and we we learned this at camp like they don't really remember the bible stories you tell them they just remember how you treated them and whenever i guess you work with children like sharing the gospel is very good but also like loving them is also really good so just like finding a way to like mix the two uh Mm -hmm. will definitely like work with them and also i mean i don't think that's just for kids though Mm -hmm. i think that's for anybody i heard a uh heard somebody say a long time ago that people don't remember what you say people remember how you make them feel and it's like something that i've kind of brought with me throughout my whole life because i mean if you think about it like think about like all the friends that you have all the people that have like impacted you all the people that you love like most of the time you're not really remembering things that they've told you like you just remember like how they've made you feel and like like what what it's like being around them um so i think that's for anybody did uh did big paul teach you that no i think it was honestly i had this teacher back in high school where he uh he was like my bible teacher back in like we had like a bible class and i think that he told us that and it really resonated with me nice all throughout these years (laughs) but katie i've got questions for you i have a question okay tell us all about your childhood how you grew up (laughs) where you where you grew up I know it's a broad question, but I, I want to. I want to hear. <laughs> Just wonder what I was expecting. Everything. everything we want to know. Everything. Everything. Like everything. <laughs> tells the whole entire story. It's going to be a long podcast. <laughs> from beginning. From beginning. In the beginning. <laughs> from my birth to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. At what time were you born? I want to know all of it. Cool. What hospital? What room? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh um yeah i hope that you uh brought a family tree with you because we, <laughs> we need we need we need you to describe that we need you to read your genealogy to us please <laughs> yeah i yes. studied the genealogy of david at church this morning <laughs> oh really it's a sign it was god telling you to prepare for this podcast yeah 100 yeah. percent. okay first our well born in dallas raised there um, let's see, still don't know whether or not the Cowboys are good or not. <laughs> don't know. Still don't know. Never got a solid answer, but that's okay. Um, I knew the cheerleaders were good, but that's about it. Oh my gosh. Um, I know one of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, which is actually what? crazy because I live in North oh, Carolina. Really? Yeah, no, oh. seriously. I know her personally. Like, um, her name's Marissa Garrison and like, she was just cool. like Miss North Carolina's outstanding teen. Like I went to the rival high school from her like we had mutual friends we went to we actually our prom groups went to prom together oh. one year and uh now she's like a dallas cowboy cheerleader they made like a tv show she was on it and like everyone in yeah. my community she's Making like she team. is like like miss popularity like in my like Ooh. town like near my town someone's famous i, I know by <laughs> association therefore dalton is famous so yeah therefore yeah. i am very famous so. <laughs> therefore 
I yeah, have a lot of power. No, yeah, I'm in the presence of a celebrity, guys. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm um. gonna put influencer <laughs> in my Instagram bio. <laughs> Just for knowing Marissa Garrison. Yeah. <laughs> Just put I know Marissa Garrison. <laughs> in, my, in my Instagram bio. Yes. <laughs> I know a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. <laughs> EBA. That's funny. But anyways, anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So grew up in Dallas. My parents were youth ministers, but like at a small Chinese church. So it wasn't like vocation or occupation. It was like volunteer every week basis. Um and then eventually we moved to a much larger church. And I I guess the first seeds in my life for finding the joy of Jesus was planted through um I'm gonna say it guys, Pine Cove. Pine <laughs> oh Cove? Yeah, what is yeah, what is that? Pine Cove is uh it's, it's oh. church pine cones. It, it's a summer camp. Yeah. Pine cones. Yeah. It was it was pine cones. Pine we got some of them over here. <laughs> I went to the skating rink last night and there was a few pine cones in a display Whoa. case. I'm not sure why they're in the display case, but they were there. It's because I was going to be talking about my testimony. <laughs> yeah, that, that was God telling me that. He really he was really preparing <laughs> us for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Pine Cove, I think Sky Ranch also does it too, which is another camp in the DFW area. For their day camp, I think they do have, like, you come during the day camp, but their main purpose of day camp is a team of counselors that travels all around the region and brings day camp to them and does it, like, in their church. So they'd bring, you know, those portable rock walls in the parking lot. You'd have an inflatable water slide. Oh, that's cool. Um, if you guys remember spider climbs, those two, that whole shebang. So yeah. um, getting to, and of course, I had, my parents worked full-time. They're both in IT, so just being dropped off and picked up, I was so used to that. I never really had separation anxiety growing up, but that one week, Pine Cove, it's called base camp when I was younger, was probably my favorite week out of my entire summer every year. Because I never got <laughs> Marcus, Marcus, mute yourself if you got to blow your nose. Did he, he literally he was did on it a roll. on his mic. He literally did like, it on his mic. Sorry to break your flow. <laughs> I was like, is he gonna do it? Is he gonna do it? <laughs> you know what? And he probably, out. probably gonna be the intro before the before the sound um track <laughs> to start <coughs> just you talking and blowing his nose. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way to ruin a train of thought. Jeez. <laughs> okay, I can pick it back up. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay, so Pine Cove Day Camp at my church was the first time I got to have I mean, just even through the form of a camp counselor, an older figure who made church look cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't know yeah. if any of you guys could relate to that. You like you meet that one person, you're like, oh, so church can actually be fun. Yeah. Like, if this person yeah. is fun and they love Jesus, then following Jesus and loving Jesus, then therefore doesn't have to be like boring church, you know, <laughs> yeah. that we just kind of think growing up. So um those were big seeds planted in my life. Uh, fast forward to as middle school, you you age out of that because like for elementary, um, I wasn't really allowed to go to a church camp just because priorities were different in my house and I was big on sports. So you could either go to Pine Cove for a week or you could go to A and M and train with do swim training camp for the week. So yeah. I always chose swimming. Um, and then my senior year because I wanted to get a I wanted to get a scholarship or not necessarily even a scholarship. I just wanted to be a college athlete. 
so I could tell everyone. It's like you know, wear that merch and everything. Have that signing yeah. day. Yeah. Um, I was I was on a roll in my senior year. My body just started collapsing and deteriorating, and oh. I later find out that it was it it traces back to depression because I was putting so much of everything I had into something that wasn't God. Um, but toward the uh, end of the year, and I all of a sudden, you know, realized what I had done, knowing that I didn't have that much of a relationship with God, but I had suffered enough to know I had done something that he didn't want me to do. Um, and having the amount of anxiety that came about and being even, I used to be at one point scared of even looking at a swimming pool. Like walk, if I would walk oh, into the, the pool when season ended, meaning I didn't have to go in, it was my choice. And that's when I started to realize how much I didn't want to do it. And I prayed to God, finally, something I hadn't really done before when I was younger. And I prayed and I said, yo, Jesus, I've done something and I don't quite know how to fix this because I feel like I'm in quicksand. But if you could just stop everything, if the world could just, you know, take a pause and I will use that opportunity to actually have a relationship with you. And two weeks later, the COVID pandemic kicked us off. Oh, I remember <laughs> You're that, the reason yeah. why we had to stay indoors. I so that was one prayer affected the whole world. For, I'm so sorry. I prayed for this to happen. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, I remember, I remember sitting in my car thinking, this, there's no shot. This is <laughs> like the world just doesn't stop. It just doesn't stop spinning. I don't know what to do. But then it kind of did. did. <laughs> yeah, it did. Um, so that's when I, I, I knew that was like, okay, this is it. So I finally, like, in my bedroom, <laughs> it was like, okay, God, we're doing this. We're, we're going full send. I'm not gonna be an athlete. Um, I'm gonna follow you and see what you have for me. And that was, you know, you feel that whole, you feel, you know, those 35 pounds of chains being lifted off. Um. That was really cool. I was like, oh, word, this is what it feels like. <laughs> that's what it, That's what my pastor's been telling us. That feeling got it. So I guess just then started college. I initially actually chose this school to try to be on the swim team. And I even I put my deposit down and I emailed the coaches saying, hey, I'm coming anyway. <laughs> that's literally what happened. Um, so came here and it's just, it's just been such a pruning experience. Um, I don't really know how else to describe it. Just getting to meet people who have church church for the first time was something that was different. Meeting people who have lots of trauma, not necessarily from the church, but they also don't want to give Jesus a try in the healing is also very hard because I had just experienced, you know, the Holy Spirit and trying to Tell people like, no, you can, you can do, he can free you, he can free you. But then being so worked up and hesitant toward it and learning the boundaries and the thresholds of conversations you should have there. Um, And also I came from a high school that didn't necessarily put as much of our identity and grades and resume and all that stuff. Our identity was like in our extracurriculars. (laughs) That was kind of what we struggled with at my school, but getting to actually see people who struggle with putting their worth in what grades you get on an exam and whether or not you get that internship and just basically all finite things on this earth that are all vanity anyway. Um, that's, it's, it's pruning. Like what I said earlier, you either end up going to seminary or you turn lukewarm. There's like no in between at my school. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Wait, that's. So, 
So wait, so just so I have it straight. So it's it seems like whenever you're wanting to be a swimmer, there was something that kind of made you a little bit distressed. And that's that's kind of what kind of led you to God. And and what was that exactly? Was that you were kind of given swimming too much of your too much of your time? I think it's it's a very complex equation, but I I think the one thing that I had wanted in my entire life was for my coaches and teammates to actually see me as a person and not for my statistics and like my, my time, how fast I could go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when like you put so much of that into human hands um, and honestly, they're, they never, they never did, but that's okay. Like I forgive them. But in that moment, in that time, I just wanted to feel loved and seen and, seen from my hard work so badly that I just kept going and going and going. Maybe if I get a signing day and get to post on Instagram, I'm proud to announce my verbal commitment to continue my academic and athletic career at blah, blah, blah. Then I would get that validation. So it all came from a sense of, I want it to be known. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that's kind of what that like longing to kind of feel known is kind of what led you to learn to know God on a personal level. Yeah. Encountering like that Holy Spirit finally just landing on me, being like, I'm here. Like, you know, I've been here, mm-hmm. but you've always shut the door on me, but you're opening it right now and I'm here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hmm. Awesome. And how old were you whenever that happened? 18. 18? Wow. And you're 20 now, right? I'm 21. 20. Oh my, you're so old. <laughs> Wow. I'm hey, two. What are you talking watch about? Watch it, Marcus. I'm turning 22 tomorrow. So, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're turning 22? I know. Yep. Turning Dang. 22. I'm turning the Taylor Swift year. The Swift year. Yeah. Wait. Am I the oldest? How old are you? 24. I'm 22. 22. Oh. <laughs> Marcus, how old are you? I'm 20. Oh, oh, we got a baby over here. Yeah. <laughs> I've only been 21 for like two and a half weeks. So. Oh. oh my gosh. Wait, when was your birthday? March 1st. Oh my gosh, it's exciting. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my happy belated birthday. Thanks. And happy really early birthday for next year. Or for next God, Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So next year, just remember that I wish you had birthday first. I never <laughs> forgot about your birthday. And we have the proof right here. On the Aroma of Christ podcast. It's on Spotify. The Aroma of Christ podcast. Katie, you said that you used to go to Pine Cove. You were working with day camps. How did you find Camp Choye? And how did you become the day camp super? super. <laughs> um, I, just, I knew from a young age that I wanted to be a camp counselor just because of the influence they had. Um, I actually reconnected with one of my camp counselors not too long ago I told her she was the reason that I I went home and told my parents I wanted tacos and (laughs) yeah right (laughs) Uh, I I actually I talked to one of my old camp counselors a few weeks ago too I was like I was just like on my way to uh Dinao and what Dinao's are is just where I just hang out with a bunch of kids for a weekend Mm -hmm. and uh I was like I'm gonna call him I haven't talked to him in like four years so I called him. I was like, hey, Bryce, I know we haven't spoken in a while, but I just want to say, you know, you're the reason why I'm doing all these things with children. Blah, blah, blah. I love you. Catch you later. And um, 
that was a very sweet moment and we mm -hmm. just prayed over each other but enough about my story this is your time <laughs> <laughs> well, okay um so i remember her her nickname was stalls because at pine cove they do camp nicknames uh her mm -hmm. name was savannah but she went by stalls on her name tag and then so she's reason i wanted tacos she's honestly the first to do was during her bible studies that i actually started to grasp what jesus had done for me because she did not sugarcoat crucifixion and we were like 11 so we were kind of old enough to understand what it meant um and i think her just not being afraid to sugar to not sugarcoat it and just be like okay listen up the um the nails this thick they went right here your paintings are going to stay here on your palm but it actually went through their wrists and just imagine how much thicker that nail had to be to go in between both of your ankles. And they nailed you on there after getting lashed 39 times, meaning a whip with like sharp objects scraping your skin 39 times. That's what Jesus did for you. And 11 year olds were all like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got like, what? No, what? I think it's so cool looking at the prophecies in the, in the Old yeah. Testament, you know, like predicting like Jesus is coming. And this is really, really neat. So, you know, the, the book of Psalms was written you know, um, hundreds of years before Jesus ever came on the scene and hundreds of years before crucifixion was even invented. And mm -hmm. one of the prophecies talking about, you know, Jesus's life, the son of God, it says it, it, um, it predicts like straight up like crucifixion happening to Jesus, like hundreds of years before it even was invented by the Romans. It says dogs surround me, a pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. And my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my lo my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. I just think that's that's cool that it's like they pierce my hands and my feet. Like that's like, you know, a clear indication to crucifixion, which wasn't even invented. Just super cool. That's pretty great. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like, I remember that. Um also, just I, I guess I picked up her mannerisms really funny enough when I went to Choye. I talked to uh, Christabella the other day. Shout out to her. And I said, do I ever say that I ever say at camp like this is not good? And she goes every day, all the time. I was like, oh, well, that was <laughs> this is from not her. good. Like the way I would say she had a funny accent sometimes, like she would talk with a funny accent. So and it say, sounds like, oh, a, like a Yankee accent. She yeah, she goes, north. this is not good. <laughs> Like she would say <laughs> yeah that sounds like that sounds yankee right there <laughs> <laughs> okay so um how i found choye is when it came time to apply well, my freshman year of college i'm ready let's apply and honestly i was i was too early in my walk with jesus to get a job at a camp i guess it's the best way i can put it i didn't understand enough so therefore, in my interview, I did not reflect that it was, yeah. it was it's pretty yeah. cringy to think about, think about the things I said and what I was like, times I got confused in my uh, Pine Cove interview. I was like, thinking now, like, oh my gosh, I'm really glad they didn't hire me because that was such an embarrassing time in my life of trying to tell everyone that I was a Christian. But in my heart, I was such like a baby Christian. That I didn't know how to answer any questions. Um, so God used that in that homely experience. Um, to redirect me and I knew what Choye was because like camps in Texas and one of my close friends here at Trinity um she's a super at Camp Blessing funny enough but she had grown up going to Choye and I saw her wearing a t-shirt once and I was like hey is would, would you recommend working at that camp she said yeah I think you would actually really like it so that's how I ended up at Choye 
And by then, when I got when I interviewed for Choye, I was in a much better spot than, than I was when I interviewed for Pinecove. <laughs> yeah. Wait, and what do you mean by that? What do you mean by much better spot? I I was a lot more mature in my faith then, and I knew how to answer questions well. Mm, okay. Gotcha. And so you were a straight up camp counselor at Camp Choye, right? Like you weren't just the day yeah. camp. Like you were like, so, st- like stay with the campers like every night, wake them up in the mornings kind of thing. My first summer. I applied for Path Soge and they said explores. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> this Sounds is totally very familiar. Me. Sounds very familiar. I was like, wow. <laughs> but it's I got like hired for explores. And then I said, like, okay, I can do that. Like I've worked with kids before. Um, I only had three cabins the entire summer because week three, I broke my ankle. <laughs> <laughs> what? And how, and how did you break your ankle? Um, I had two stress fractures. I went, I had um, in January sprained my ankle like really, really badly. Like could not walk for six weeks really badly. And it's because I fell downstairs carrying laundry. But after that, I got off my crutches too early, started exercising too early. So by the time I got to camp where you're like literally getting 26,000 steps a day, um, it turned into stress fractures because I just like nobody wants to sit out a fire in the jungle. Nobody wants to sit Mm -hmm. out. You you go like I would literally sit and I had I had a compression sock. <laughs> I thought that was that was good. And I was like, okay, no, we're gonna sit with like the kids who don't want to play and we're going to do ministry with the kids who don't want to play and we're gonna have fun. And then the second they yell, fire the jungle, I'm like, no, I can't. And I just run on the field. And then eventually by like week two, I start limping and I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> So week four was my off week. So I went home. Uh, I told my dad, should I go to a quick care or should I push through the rest of this week? And when I go home, he said, when you go home, because um, a quick care versus getting to see an actual orthopedic that we can get you into. Um, Touche. So I went home and he said, yeah, you have two stress fractures. You got to wear a boot. Um, And I told my parents, I'm going back to camp. Like you're driving me back. (laughs) I stayed until i think week eight because i was in rs i had to leave early um but yeah i guess kind of got hopped around so i had throughout my weeks three cabins three day camps three 18s katie in your time of being a camp counselor at this christian summer camp did you personally see any evidence of kids kind of seeing god in a new way any encounters like that Yeah. yeah i guess i mean lots of them but also working at camp is a fever dream. So I'm trying to think really far. I'm trying to think yeah. <laughs> somewhere in here. Um, even like as a super as well, having those conversations. Um, I'd say when I was still a counselor, even I know we were just talking about how difficult it is to have, to make room and space for spiritual conversations with day camp. But as a day camp counselor, I those are honestly the the kids that I remember the most and the bond that I remember the most because we may have not gotten to like they may not have been in my little small group where I could tell them about Jesus but there was you just felt the love of God between um, all the kids and the counselors because in the end even the kids will also catch up on it they'll see that the counselors are also just trying to get through the day as well. (laughs) And it's a really, really beautiful thing because then we all start to work together and like empower one another campers and counselors. Um, And the, the older kids will start to help the, the little kids when you have to walk up that giant hill at the end of the day, 
I will see. I, I remember one kid, he was like, I think he was like 11 or 12. And he saw this little girl who was tired and he just picked her up. He gave her a piggyback ride and walked he just... her up the hill. <laughs> he was like, hold my backpack. <laughs> like teaching, so... you're teaching That's the older nice. kids how to be a servant. Um, Cause also like they look up to counselors too. They want to be like you. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of that. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. There was one day where I was a counselor and I was the only one there because all the other ones had a Bible study and it was me in charge of feeding 20 kids. And um, there was one older girl and she, like, she really wanted to be like the counselors. It's that role model um, situation. And she goes, what do I do? And I said, I handed her the bowl. I was like, here, pass these fries out to the kids. She's like, yes, sir. <laughs> so excited. Just so happy to pass out food to the plates and then I just kind of did one tray at a time because I knew I knew the kids and I knew if I set a tray down one kid was just going to devour the entire thing yeah, you know, yeah. so I just made like three trips through the um the food area and managed to do that feeding running around in a boot but I did it it was actually really fun like such a big challenge but also knowing that this was like okay I got it I can do this um so I guess that's the Lord was teaching me the beauty of not being tied down to your regimen, like your mm-hmm. routine, what you have set out for your life. There's going to be moments where you literally just have to take your hands off and be like, this is impossible for me to do it on my own. <laughs> I yeah. don't know how I'm going to do this, but I have God on my side. So somehow in some way I will make it across the finish line in one piece, God willing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, like maybe I'll be dehydrated, maybe I'll be full. Who knows? We'll see. Um, and just those tiny little moments and tasks, and getting to see the the older campers just really start to look up to you. I even had I had a counselor when I was super. I had a counselor this year say I came back because when I was on work crew, I just I looked up to you, and that oh, meant awesome. so much. Oh yeah, it meant a lot. I was like. Oh my gosh. And then I felt really bad that I didn't like give her more than one time. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. <laughs> Just, if I had known that before, but also like there's grace in all of it. Um, I think also my heart started to break more toward you can tell when a kid, I don't you you guys might have experiences with this too. You can tell when a kid is like coddled by their parents. They're used to being away from the parents, but they know their parents love them. Mm-hmm. Or they're neglected from their parents yeah yeah there's like the, the three types um and seeing kind of somewhat categorizing the kids and not like in a finite way but being able to just see how they operate and know that it's whatever whatever kid walks through your door how their behavior is a product of their home and it it, it can be challenging at times because your heart just breaks because you want the best for your cabin in your co in the whole group but then also you want this kid to feel loved and it might look different it will be different for every kid every kid feels loved in very different ways um but you're trying to also make sure everybody has a great time right yeah yeah so it's difficult and challenging but also seeing the the lord just really taught me a lot through that of there you can't you you cannot please everybody you can point as many people as you can back to Jesus and I will do the rest. I will love these kids and I will take care of them and I will cherish them. It is not your job to do that, right? 
it is your job, but it's also not completely in your hands. It's in mine because I'm literally holding this entire camp in my hands. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And you know, there is there is a there is like Bible verses to kind of support that idea too, is because I think some people can get really caught up and really stressed out that like they're the ones like that need to bring people like someone to Christ. And mm-hmm. if you know that person isn't brought to Christ from them, then they feel like a failure. But the Bible, I love this verse, it talks about you know, different God has given different people specific jobs whenever it comes to witnessing to people. He says some people, their job is to water the seed. Mm. Some people, their job is to plant the seed, but it's only God that can grow the seed. So that kind of takes the weight off of us, I feel like, you know, it does. like we just do the work that we can. But ultimately, God is the one that is the deciding factor of if this, you know, if, if the kid comes to know him. And I have a verse in 1 Corinthians. Uh, So I was reading 1 Corinthians today, and uh, it's in uh, chapter 12, and it's verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though, wait, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. So pretty much just like we are all different body parts on um, on one body. Yeah. Like, it's really cool. We're like one foot. One finger, one toenail. One toenail. <laughs> the toenail. What are you, Marcus? I'm the toenail of Christ. <laughs> toenail of Christ. Can we the podcast? Yeah. The toenail the of Christ. Toenail of Christ. Yes. I'm the pinky toe. Dude, this actually got a nice ring to it. I like that. The toenail, toenail of Christ is growing on me. We'll we'll our, change we'll change the name to that. Yeah, okay. if uh our viewers, our listeners, if y'all see it, the Instagram change from aroma of Christ to toenail of Christ, don't be alarmed. <laughs> yeah. There was a purpose behind it. There's a purpose behind it. <laughs> and whenever you make other things for identity, we we've talked about this before, but whenever you make your identity in the church, you're not you don't have the identity in Jesus. You just have mm-hmm. identity in like whoever the preacher is, whoever I guess your friends with at the church, the building itself. You don't have your own intentional relationship with God. And yeah. that's something I guess I realized last year whenever uh whenever I I guess like changed um changed groups or whatever, like having having that um having that relationship with that group instead of with God. I'm going nowhere with that. I'm going nowhere with that. Okay. <laughs> Cut that out. No, no. I but mean, yeah. I, I, can, I can kind of see where you're going. Um, yeah. I mean, like, well, do you have a thought you wanted to finish before I? No, it just. <laughs> but no, I mean, dude, having that relationship with God, I mean, that's, it's, it's awesome because I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I, there's been times in my life where like, a lot of people around me that I was really close with faded away and quick mm. and people that I never thought would have, would have, you know, faded away like that, like they did. Yeah. But whenever you have that relationship with God, it's awesome because like, it sounds cliche because people say it all the time, but it really is true that you're not ever alone. And like, like yeah. whenever I went through those periods, like where my super close friends of mine just kind of excommunicated me and I, I was so down, I, like, I don't know what I would have done if I wasn't able to just go straight to God and get down on my knees and just and just tell him how sad I was. And he was right there with me. And so that relationship with God, so many people miss it, is that it's so important in so many different ways because people will go through loneliness, loneliness in life. 
And yeah. as much as we love people and we're called to love people, we can't rely on people to the extent that we can rely on God and and his in our relationship with him because people will let us down. Yeah. But and- that that's where you need the the foundation of a relationship with 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 God, you know. Yeah, and um, Acts chapter two and three. That I know, <laughs> Acts two and three, like talking about the early church when it was established. You got Pentecost, and it describes as the church being attractive to people. And I remember I was sitting in a Bible study with some people, some new believers, and they just kind of said, "Well, the church clearly is very unattractive now to society. People don't like Christianity. Why is it now in the scripture?" what was it about the church that attracted people and really it's the holy spirit like the church the holy Mm -hmm. spirit attracts people to the church when you rely on humans and our own skill set to grow the church and you become addicted to ministerial work the church is going to collapse and it's going to like people are going to be pushed away people are going to be hurt i've seen it happen i've seen ministries fall because you put more um, emphasis on your works and what you can mm. do to grow the ministry, what you can do to to bring people to the church, what you can do to increase your attendance, but you're not having that spiritual conversation. You're not willing to go beyond the awkward phase and saying, hey, I love you too much to see you suffering like this. And I have a God who has rescued me and he can also rescue you too. A lot of people just, it's scary to have conversations. I also have the verse pulled up. First Thessalonians okay. 3, not 5. I was so close. First Thessalonians 3.12 says, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other as for everyone else, just as ours does for you. So mm. like the whole idea of it spilling out. And yeah. I think a way of putting it as saying, God loves you too much to see you suffer. And mm-hmm. I, in that way, for me, like I struggle a lot with empathy. So it, it hurts me a lot to see my friends suffer. So beginning sometimes starting conversation by telling them i love you too much to see you go through this and i think we should talk about something you know <laughs> yeah 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 no i agree and back to what you were saying with um talking about how sometimes like churches you've seen like ministries fall because they kind of like get to a point where they like lose sight of of god yeah. you know and you can look at there's so many examples with that and that's something that i was curious about because i was talking with my grandpa and you know there's people that he was talking about that were really on fire for God at one point, but somewhere along the line, you know, they kind of lost their, they like put their eyes away from God and kind of got mm-hmm. prideful. If you've, if there's a, there's a movie out right now that a lot of our listeners probably know of the, uh, the Jesus revolution. I was about to bring it's it. So good. I saw it for the second time today. I cried even harder the second time watching <laughs> that than I did the first time. It's yeah. so good. But one thing when I was watching it, I loved the movie because it doesn't really sugarcoat Christianity. It gives yeah. a really real depiction of Christianity, you know, like, like, it, and, you know, the, the Christians in the movie, like the main characters, they went through stuff and they went and they went through, you know, prideful periods like Lonnie Frisbee. I thought it was, I was interesting. surprised that they covered that topic, but I was also yeah. really glad that they did it well. Yeah. 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 I was like holding my breath. I was like, Oh <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. No, cause it's, it's interesting because I, I had that question. I was like, Halfway through the movie, you know, Lonnie Frisbee, that God was using him so strongly and he had so much power whenever he preached. But then at some point he started getting prideful. He's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I am a prophet. And I was like, hmm. And then, you know, he started like, you know, just thinking it was all about him. And then that's whenever his ministry kind of started to fall. And then the revolution, wow. of course, didn't didn't fall. It, it spread across the whole country. Um, but uh, but yeah, just that's a, that, that's a very important thing to remember because. 
whenever we walk with God, we it's very easy to get prideful and lose sight of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's some, one thing to, to keep guard of whenever you're a Christian is like the moment that you lose sight of God and like that he's the one working and you lose your humility, then that's whenever you will start falling. And so just keep on humbling yourself, you know, don't let yourself get to that point. Yeah. Katie, you post on Instagram and you get lots of views. I do. You get lots of views? How many views do you get? So on one of her her, her Instagram reels, I saw that it had 13,000 views on it. 13,000 people saw you share the gospel. You share the word. I've got my testimony as 13.2 thousand views. Um, A video of me crying in the car, 13.4 thousand views. Um, But that one is me crying because I, I saw, I saw some girls being worked up over something they had no control over. My heart was shattered for them. They were looking for somewhere to place this anxiety and they were just placing it on themselves. And I just, I don't know what part of me was like make this on video but i was crying and saying i have a god who i can put this anxiety on and it hurts me that there's people who don't want to do that and i know i know you get a lot of positive views about it um about what yeah. you post but what about the negative views yeah so there is one post actually the reel that has the most views no, 14.8, so almost 15,000 views. So I brought this to the Lord and I said, God, why is it so hard to evangelize? Why is it so unpopular if it's our calling? And the Lord told me, there's some people out there who haven't asked me for a reason that they should evangelize. You won't see it because I got freaked out and deleted it, but there were a group of like cranky atheists who came to play. Um, and I woke up one day, I was at, I was at Bible study um, I checked my phone and there's one guy that said um, that I was mentally ill. Christianity is a mental illness. Hearing from God is mental illness. And luckily, I was surrounded by my Bible study friends who were so excited that they celebrated with me that I got my first hate comment because they, they said, that yeah. means that you've made Satan angry. Someone like something stirred up in that guy that prompted him to lash out and comment. And mm-hmm. I was like, OK, one comment. I woke up the next day. I had like five or six more and basically saying, um, what does it say? You need to grow up. You know, this is, this. your God does not exist. Um, it's, I have a problem with you people who say you hear from God. Which mm, I'm like, that's interesting. Word. Yeah. So I have a problem with the people who say, God told me this, that, this. I'm like, okay, that's actually fair. I can understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when guys said, can you guys just stop trying to talk to us? Like, if you want to be a Christian and follow that religion, then great. Just quit trying to bring us into it. And I'm like, but we're evangelical. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, I was about style. to say, that's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've experienced something so great. Of course, we're going to want other people to experience it. We'd be selfish to not want other people to experience it. But I think exactly. it's funny because, the, you know, the Bible warns against that. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, like it, Jesus said, you know, the world hate, hated me first. And yeah. if you follow me, the world's going to hate you, too, because the mm-hmm. world is like opposite of me. Um, which couldn't be even, which couldn't be any more true. I mean, if you look at what the world has to offer and what the world kind of celebrates compared to what the Bible celebrates, it's like, it's, it's completely different. It's opposites. Mm -hmm. So I I think, I think that's expected for, for you to, I I think that's actually great. Um, in a way that you, that you got those, those comments, you know, 
I was, I, I know next time it happens, I'm going to look them up. I deleted them because I was like so scared and shaken up. It was my first time. Um, and like now thinking about it, I, I should have, I know I should have left them up. But like, I yeah, know yeah. like it's a disgrace. You know, it's my first time. But yeah, yeah, that one, it is the one that has the most views, which is funny enough. Um, but also knowing that because they commented on my post, it doesn't have to be encouraging or discouraging because they mm-hmm. commented jesus is now in their algorithm like they've allowed christian content to be a part of their algorithm so maybe there's i mean i know there was a seed planted there and there's more things coming about yeah and you handled i i think like even though um we talked a little bit about you deleting it i mean i'm i'm going to be going over like a romans 12 verse 14 bless those who persecute you bless and do not curse rejoice with those who rejoice mourn with those who mourn and live in harmony with one another. Uh, do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Um, you didn't attack them. Uh, you didn't like curse at them. You didn't do anything demeaning to them. And like that shows how mature you are in your faith and your walk with God. And so that I, I think that's really cool because like sometimes I do have those days where like I really want to like if if someone's talking bad about God, like I really want to like curse them or strike them, but that's not the best thing. That's not the thing you should be doing whenever you have a walk with God. So you handled it very well. Thanks guys. So thank you so much, Katie. All right, guys, now it's time for trivia time. All right, so the first question for trivia time is, how many times did Peter deny Jesus before the rooster crowed? Three times, eight times, or two times? Three times. Three times. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. Easy. I was like, this better not Easy be a trick question. <laughs> a trick question. Trick question. <laughs> trick question was two. It's All like right. two times in the rooster crowed, then the third. Yeah. <laughs> So, second question. How many disciples did Jesus have whenever he was walking on the earth? And um, so mm, I'm, I'm just going to start off, I'm gonna start off with uh, seven disciples, 14 disciples, or 12 disciples. Well, see, this is actually a loaded question because the way I understand it is that the apostles were different than the disciples, that a lot of people followed Jesus and were called disciples even like in acts like they called um the the people that followed god and jesus after jesus died disciples but the apostles Mm -hmm. were were set apart so i think that the answer is like when it comes to disciples like it's you know too too many to count at this point well whenever Um, so whenever uh you consider someone a disciple of jesus it's like whenever people were like disciples of john the baptist other teachers so disciples were just students and uh jesus was the um teacher what 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 was the word for it what was the word for it there's rabbi rabbi yeah rabbi he was a rabbi so wrong it's 12 (laughs) who was the who was the last old testament um prophet who was the last old testament Ooh. What are the choices? <laughs> <laughs> I need this to be a multiple choice. <laughs> what if there's no choices because I only know the one answer? <laughs> I think it's just like goofy names. Um, I start with a J. I think it's James. 
John. Juan. Jason. Juan. <laughs> Jerry. Jonathan. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Don't mind me. Don't cheating. Don't mind me. You can't Old hear thing. the you can't hear the pages flipping. The last Old Testament um was Oh, that's the... Old Testament. Old Testament. Yeah. I thought you were saying like Revelation. I'll I'll give you a hint. It was any um it just had to be before Jesus. So they came to make way for Jesus. Isaiah. It, John the Baptist did not write a book of the Bible. It was John the Baptist. <laughs> What so so in Old and, Testament? What? Like, Wait, what, what I know what was it was it was I know it was Old Testament, but John the Baptist is the New Testament, but he comes in before Jesus to make way for the Messiah. Yeah, and that's he, that's in John. That's that's in the book of John. It talks about that. Yeah. Wait, the, the book of John was written by John the Baptist. Mm-mm. No, yeah, it, wasn't, so. it wasn't written by John the Baptist, but John talks about John the Baptist. That's why there's a Jesus oh. about John the Baptist, right? Right. Think so. <laughs> uh, that was just my trivia. I knew. <laughs> don't uh, don't fact check me on that one. <laughs> Anyways, which book talks about the wise men seeing baby Jesus? Was it A. John, B. Matthew, or C. Revelations? And I think this is going to be a trickier one for y'all because there's only one book in the Bible that talks about the wise men seeing baby Jesus. I think it was Matthew. I think it was. Yeah, I believe so. D. What do you think, Gabe? D. Revelation? No, <laughs> D. Is in the, in the end time? <laughs> oh, D. Uh, D is Leviticus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> All right. So it was the book of Matthew. The book of, yeah! Matthew, the yeah. book of Matthew is the only book in the Bible that describes the wise men gifting the, gifting the child uh, the three... The th- gold, what it was gold, uh, cents, and uh, myrrh. It was myrrh, gold, myrrh, myrrh, and anyways, anyways. So, yeah, <laughs> hey, hey, cool fact though is that, um, we don't know how many wise men there were. That is like, awesome. straight up, straight up. Yeah. Everybody just thinks there's three because there were three gifts, but the Bible says nothing about the number. Amen, brother. There could have been an army of wise men. We don't know. What is the <laughs> what's the the equivalent of dynamic duo? So for three people, like the the trio, the I triumphant guess. trios, the triumphant <laughs> trio. Yeah. I like that. That's funny. The rule of three. <laughs> I've never heard of the that. Rule before. of three. It's kind of assumed, you know. If Alvin <laughs> and the Chipmunks was a trio, then surely there had to be three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's- so it turns out, fun fact, that's actually why Camp Choye started doing the role the, of three. The role of three. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> because Brandy. Oh, speaking of role of three, I, I just want to share this with y'all. This is kind of just interesting that I found out the other day. So um, you know how like, you know, the, the Trinity, the Holy Trinity, Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. And do you know there's clues in the Old Testament all over it that like, you know, there's three. Like there, there's like there's like hints at Jesus in Genesis, you know, when the world's being created and like God refers to himself as like us instead of me. And but I think it's cool because if you look at the story of Abraham, uh, there is a part where three um, it it says three men like came to Abraham and then Abraham like immediately like, got down and like started worshiping and was like, oh, my gosh, like like what can I get y'all eat, like y'all to eat? 
And he called them Lord. Like he called them basically like God. And I just think it was interesting that there's three and then he called yeah. them God. And it, and it was God. The way that it describes it is like it it was like actually God. And I just think it's interesting that, you know, it referred to God as these three um, strangers that just kind of showed up. <laughs> I, also, I also think it was kind of funny, though, because um, like during the during the encounter with the three strangers who was God uh, and Abraham, you know, the three strangers was, were like, hey, good news. By this time next year, your wife's going to have a kid. And like yeah. his wife wasn't like she was kind of far out, but she like overheard it from a distance and she kind of chuckled to herself and was like, wow, you know, kind of kind of like not believing it. And then God was like, why did you laugh? And then she was like, what? I, I didn't laugh. And he was like, <laughs> she named her laugh. kid. <laughs> yeah. And the guy was just like, you did laugh. And then like the chapter ended. I thought that was kind of funny. It was like, you laughed. No, I didn't. You did. A year later, yeah. named her child ended. laughter. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think it's kind of cool. Katie, do you have a Bible verse for us? I do have a Bible verse, and it is Jeremiah 29, 7. Not 11. 11 still good, but 7. <laughs> I'm glad that you clarified that because I was thinking 11. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> wow. Jeremiah 29, 7 says, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city of which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord to it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Amen. Amen. I like that verse. Thank you so much, Katie, for just being here with us this week. We had a little we had a little break for spring break because we were all busy doing our lives and just like serving our Lord planting seeds. That's right. That's right. (laughs) We were were just very busy people. But, you know, we're very blessed to have you this week. And thank you all so much, listeners, for listening. Uh, Tune in for next week for more exciting content. And I will be or we will be catching you on the flip side. Peace out. (laughs) Awesome. Good podcast.